Airlines Cancion Tequila presents College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford. See us at bellford.com or visit the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Verizon Wireless, this is the 5G America's been waiting for. By College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Roger Klein's Tension Tequila. Whether it's a margarita or one of our specialty recipes, Roger Klein's is Arizona bread and ultra smooth. Summer skates, personalized shower shoes or koozies for yourself or the entire team. Go to icetimehockeysw.com forward slash partners and order yours today. Buy OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Buy M-Drive. You're not too old. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by nchc.tv and the NCHC. Subscribe to watch all of the action of the league's eight teams. Home of college hockey champions. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. You are listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly live. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, especially college hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app tonight, this is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's Cantillon Tequila. Scott Strandy joining you back in the friendly confines of Scottsdale, Arizona. And my co-host, as always, out on beautiful Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein. How are you? Um, we're good. You know, hey, um, <clears throat> it's a good night in Sun Devil Land. Uh, not as good as we'd like it to be, but, you know, uh, still pretty good. Um, Islanders are winning. You know, so I was wondering. Wise, if, I was okay. wondering if you were going to come on at all tonight, or if the Islanders said you captivated tonight. But well, it's on. It, so that's, it's, that's it's on to, off to my right. They're winning two nothing <laughs> with about a buck and a half to go. So um, well, they don't usually blow two nothing leads with a minute and a half to go. But oh, hey, anything's can, possible. Can, can you bring something like that up to Jess Myers when he comes on and talking about the Minnesota Wild trying to uh, hold off the Vegas Golden Knights last night? I, I didn't say it couldn't happen. <laughs> I just said it's not normal. Uh, okay, so I tipped it off. Jess Myers from the Rink Live is going to be our guest tonight. Uh, we, we had a guest scheduled to come on from uh, Denver University. Um, COVID hit Colorado College again and canceled the Denver-Colorado College series the final one of the weekend as we're in the last regular season weekend of college hockey. And um, so that, that kind of canceled that coach Carl is going to join us next Tuesday night. We hope to have coach Haviland on Sunday night. Uh-huh. And, um, if, 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 if you, if you allow it, <laughs> well, you know, I, I, there's a little bit of bias in there. Well, there's a, a lot of bias in there oh. because you know, you, you don't normally allow me to speak. <laughs> When there are other East Coast guests on the program. No, that's normally when I like to silence you and just let you listen. Yeah, I know, because you don't like to be double teamed. 
<laughs> well, speaking of double team, Jess Meyer's coming on with us here in a little bit, and we will double team. But, of course, yeah. you and Jess have gotten a pretty good relationship going, so I might be the outsider in that one. Well, <laughs> listen, the the fact of the matter is I'm just glad he's coming on, and, and, and the listeners should be too because that means they don't have to listen to us drone on. Oh, people love us, Paul. People uh, well, love us. I'm sure they us. do, but. Yeah. They oh, do, but. They, yeah, yeah, well, okay. But, but anyway, <laughs> Jess is going to join us. This is the final week of NCAA hockey regular season. So we have that to talk about. Then we right. have to preview the the upcoming uh, conference tournaments. Of course, it was announced, uh, I think, today that Air Force is going to be playing Bentley in the opening round on Tuesday night the 9th. So a week from tonight, uh, they will be playing Bentley in their play-in, play-in game, correct? Uh yeah, I believe. Or is it a play-in series? No, I, I. It's a play-in game now, and then it's a series. I, I believe that that is the way it is supposed to be working. Um, <laughs> Who knows? Uh, let, Who knows? Let's just put it this way, okay? Air Force is playing Bentley. Sacred Heart is playing Holy Cross. Mercyhurst is playing Niagara. Um, and, of course, all of that is knock on wood, cross your yeah. fingers. Um, unless, unless you're in the states of Texas, Florida, and Michigan, of which then COVID is completely gone. They're 100% open. Everything's back to normal. Just go to those three states, and it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah, those are one game. <laughs> that, you, just, you just let that go. You stayed non-political and just completely let it go. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, yeah, those first-round Atlantic games are, you know, Win or go home, and then it's a best of three. Um, and then it goes to single elimination again for the semis and the finals. And that is a, a, actually a tournament to watch. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, in this year of years, this could be that odd occasion. I love it. Year of years. Okay. This could be that odd occasion where. That conference gets two teams in because yep. of the lack of ECAC teams. Yep. Um, you know, the NCHC, we're, we're pretty sure they're going to get three teams in, and the odds have favored that they would get four. But I'm not sure there's a guarantee of that either. Uh, I don't so, think there's a guarantee of anything right now. Well, uh, other than so, so uh, spots that so spots that might normally not be available could be, and there might not be a hotter team in the country uh, outside of North Dakota, other than Army. Yeah, you might be right. You might very you know, well North be right. North Dakota's only got four losses all season, and BC does too, but. Uh, Army that doesn't have a loss in like the last eight or nine games. Yeah. So, so that means they're due to get knocked out in the first round of the tournament. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't either. I'm just saying that's about the way it goes, right? This is nothing yeah. against those other teams, but I want an Air Force Army final. I know in that, you do. In that league. I, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> All military academy. And this is and this is uh, not any. This is not even anything against American International. Yeah, I hear you. It's just. Uh, you know, 
don't know. It is what it is. You had a chance to uh, jump on with uh, Coach Powers today, I assume. I, I did. haven't asked you about that, so we'll save that for a little bit down the road. But That's I do. Fine. I, I do know that the, he the, the big thing out of it, uh, if I got this right, Paul, was the fact that he thinks there's a lot of seniors coming back, and he made the announcement that one senior is going to come a grad assistant and continue to work on his degree and go to work for the FBI. Well, yeah, he said that a couple of weeks ago, though. And I'm, oh, okay. He said that a couple of weeks ago, and, and, okay. and I can't – I think we said we talked about it, but I can't remember. I think um, we talked – we brought it up, but I don't think we got into detail about it. But anyway, uh, I, before we uh, jump into our guest here, we're going to uh, let you know that uh, Thursday and Friday – the uh, Arizona State Sun Devils will complete their regular season and, and in all likelihood their season uh, at Ohio State. Uh, I'm sure it was a very learning experience, to say the least. Uh, I don't know what Co- Coach Powers is going to say next week when we have a chance maybe to visit with them and, or the week after and ask them, you know, in hindsight, how did it all work out. But that will be interesting. Uh, there are some Big Ten games to, uh, to talk about, and when we get Jess Myers on here in a little bit, uh, we'll talk about that. Michigan uh, at Minnesota, Wisconsin at Michigan State, Penn State at Notre Dame. Uh, all kinds of good stuff happening there. And then, of course, the NCH is just kind of hanging out to dry here. It's Minnesota Duluth and St. Cloud State, that's going to be a huge one on Saturday because that does still have some seeding uh, ramifications. Um, um, I don't know if it does. No, it doesn't anymore? I thought, I I, thought I don't, it was. I, I think with the – yeah, could it? Yeah, I guess maybe it does. Okay. Yeah, I, I think okay, okay. I guess no, because I thought I saw where the seedings were set for the conference. Now I have to look. Okay. Well, we'll get back to that. Let's take a quick break and let's bring Jess okay. on here in about two minutes. Okay. All right. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? 
All right, welcome back in hockey fans. Anyone that you may be listening to us live tonight on the Podbean app. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Scott Strandy joining you from my familiar spot in Scottsdale, Arizona, at least until I hit the road here shortly. And uh, we'll be traveling all over the place. Uh, Paul Hornstein out on beautiful Long Island, New York. And it is our pleasure to uh, to bring in the guy that, that always answers my call uh, when I reach out to him and, and bring him on. And we've got a lot to talk about tonight with the uh, end of the regular season this week and the uh, tournaments approaching. Jess Myers from the Rink Live. Jess, Scott, and Paul with you. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? I got a little bit of a cough, I'll tell you. And I and I uh, so and I don't see a mute button here. So if I have I to don't cough, I, I'll just you know turn my head and cough. Or, you know, <laughs> don't worry wait, about wait, it. Wait, maybe that means something completely different. <laughs> I don't, don't even worry about it. Paul, I love it, Paul. Love just it. to just to clarify, by the way, because I was uh, I was listening in before we went to the break. Uh, NCHC. Yeah, the the big thing up for grabs right now is second place. If UMD wins versus St. Cloud this weekend, UMD gets second place. If the game, if they lose or if the game goes to overtime, St. Cloud gets second place. So uh, it's pretty well decided. And in fact, there was going to be a Denver Colorado College series, and that got canceled due to COVID, and that kind of helped settle things. I mean, it just you know, again, every everything that could be weird this year is weird this year. <laughs> But uh, but that's where we are in the NCHC with just uh, a little bit left to play here. See, yeah, well, I, I, I was going to admit to misread. Bring it on. <laughs> I I was going to admit to misread that the headline was a little misleading on the website I was looking at. Uh, so I I, can, I confess to to being wrong about that, but uh, um, that's why I went to double check while we were in the break, but. You saved me from having to do that, and I appreciate that. Well, that's coming from our friend Bruce Siski, who's the voice of the Bulldogs, and, and I trust him with my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not with my Absol- life. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you should. <laughs> Just trust him with your life. <laughs> if if uh, Siski doesn't know it, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't happen. That's true. Uh, well, <laughs> see, okay, so- I was going to say, I was going to ask you, Jess, did they give you your invitation to the committee meeting yet? To, to the <laughs> NCAA committee meeting? Yeah. I, I did not get on that at that group. I'm I'm voting on the Patty Kazmaier Award, which is the you know the women's hockey player right. of the year, and I'm I'm voting on the Mike Richter Award. I'm I'm proud to be doing that, which is the, right. the goalie of the year, and uh, once again, so uh, happy to be on both of those panels. I am not on the NCA panel, but I will say we had a pretty interesting podcast last week with Mike Kemp, who is the chair of the NCA Hockey Committee, uh, longtime assistant coach at Wisconsin, longtime head coach at Omaha. Right. And the one thing he said, and you know, and I heard you Paul talking before the break about AIC and and Atlantic Hockey, and you know, could they get two teams in? And hey, anything's possible this year. But the one thing I really took away from the conversation with Mike Kemp is, this is a year where I think we all deserve a little bit of grace. You know, <laughs> uh, um, this is going to be a tough situation, and the whole season's been a tough situation, and there are going to be some lousy decisions that these guys uh, in in this quote unquote smoke-filled room have to make, you know, about who gets in, who doesn't get in. You know, right. this is a year where give these folks a little bit of grace and just say, you know what, nothing's normal this year. And, boy, it would be a fantastic story to see Army get in. Um, you know, the first family of college hockey, the Rileys, you know, and, and what they've done not only this year but over the years in college hockey. And, and you're absolutely right. Army has played as well as anybody down the stretch here. I still think it would be tough to see Atlantic Hockey get two teams, but you know, if it's Army instead of AIC, I don't think many people would have a problem with that. 
Well, I only I only bring that up because let's as long as we're making up crazy assumptions here, what happens if for whatever reason Notre Dame and Michigan lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament? Right. Yeah. Now you're talking about five hundred teams, even though we know the talent level is better than that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. If if what happens if one of those teams gets in and one of those teams does not and say Army does get that second Atlantic hockey bid. Right. What kind of – I mean, I, I want the chaos. It doesn't affect – because it doesn't affect me <laughs> one way or the other. Uh, but what kind of uproar would something like that cause? Because you're much more in the heart of things than I am. Realistically, I don't see four Big Ten teams in the field. Um, I, I see Minnesota and, and Wisconsin pretty well locked in. I see, you know, Michigan – also in a very good position. Uh, I think Notre Dame would have to do something pretty special in the playoffs. And and granted, hey, playoffs are in their building, so um, you know you would you would think that would be an advantage. And then you look at the Irish record at home this year, and it is frankly lousy. So uh, you know if there's ever a year to host the playoffs, this is maybe the year the Irish don't want to do it because uh, they have not played well in their building for whatever reason this year. So uh, that's going to be interesting. I'm heading out to South Bend. Uh, what about a week from Saturday or so? And uh, and and that'll be that'll be fun to see how that all shakes out. Hey. So, well, you're going to South Bend. I'm going to Grand Forks because, uh, as you know, the NCHC tournament got moved there. So I'm looking forward to seeing those eight teams battle it out in single elimination. Yeah, absolutely. And and how about this bit of news? You know, I mentioned that Denver Colorado College series right. uh, being canceled. Just like that, the final game at World Arena is done. It's it's already been yeah. played. They're, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's that is just. I mean that's that's not right. Shame, it's not right. It's <laughs> not, and I mean it almost is the perfect dot to period on to, to and, and T crossed for for this season and, and and this whole COVID season. I mean it's it, it's almost just taking it and saying this is how it should be because this is the year that something like this would happen. I mean you know, it's just. With that said, I wrote about Gopher Women's Hockey Day. Uh, Grace Zumwinkle, who was Player of the Month in the WCHA, uh, great player out of suburban uh, Twin Cities, uh, you know, Ms. Hockey winner. She has just been on a tear lately for the Gopher Women's team. In the same time, they started out eight and one, and then they went on a one six and one run. And I mean, just just a disastrous eight game stretch for them. And I said, as a team, you know, how do you survive that? And she said, you know what? In this year. We're thankful to be playing. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're thankful to get up and go to the rink every day. And, and yeah, if you have a bad game, you know, you deal with it. But, you know, there are Ivy League kids who didn't get to play this year. You know, yeah, I mean, that's... There are, there are, you know, players who have gotten sick. You know, if you have if you can get up and go to the rink and play a game and, you know, the scoreboard looks bad at the end, hey, you still got to play hockey today. So that's just how crazy this year has been, where it's like just the fact that you're on the ice means so much. To all of these kids. And, you know, we saw that last weekend with the Gopher men. You know, they were all prepared to go out to Penn State. They haven't won there in, you know, 2017 or something like that. You've got a class of Gophers that doesn't know what it's like to win a game at Penn State. Well, if, if ever there was a year that you were going to do well out there, this was the year. And all of a sudden, nope, we're not going. Games are games are called off. you got the weekend off. Go ice fishing, you know, whatever you want to do. I mean, that's just – it's just goofy the way this season has been. Well, listen, I, I get that. I mean – 
Um, you know, you you mentioned the women's game, and I and I saw this a bunch because of where I am, and and the um, the, the one women's conference that uh, LIU is playing in, which normally has a bunch of teams, um, they're just going to give out a, a they're going to have a series, LIU and Sacred Heart, and they're just going to and the winner is going to get the new conference trophy. Yep. Uh, and I, and you know that just you know, it comes out of the blue. So, um, you know, so that's just another thing that just adds to the bizarreness. And, and on the flip side of that, you've got Hockey East, which is really good and really deep this year. I mean, you're looking at probably four teams getting in between BC, BU, UMass, uh, Providence. You know, so there's, there's some real talent out on East. And they've said, we're not going to award a regular season champion. We're just going to say, you know, season's over. We're, we'll figure it out in the playoffs. So, you know, that, that's the flip side of it. They, they've played most of their games, but yet with everything being so imbalanced, and I swear to God, I get an email twice a day from the Hockey East office saying, you know, updated schedule attached because they're having to change things <laughs> so often that finally they've just kind of thrown up their hands and said, you know what, it wouldn't be fair to declare a champion this year we're just going to say, you know, the regular season is the regular season, and we'll figure it out uh, in, in March somehow. Yeah, they came out for a while now. They've just been doing uh, – we'll give you the updated schedule on Monday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jess, I want to ask you about this. Uh, you see the Big Ten all the time. You are in the middle of the Big Ten. Uh, tell us about Minnesota and Wisconsin. How close are those two teams really? On paper, they look very close. How, how close are they really? They're pretty close. Um, and what's fun about Minnesota and Wisconsin is, uh, you know, four, four pretty good games. Well, okay, three pretty good games, one absolute blowout. And, and we're still kind of scratching our heads about that one uh, in gopher country. But, you know, Wisconsin scores an 8-1 to one win uh, in Minneapolis uh, about a month ago that had everybody kind of going, what, what was that all about? And, you know, and Bob Motzko admitted – uh, the next Monday practice, you know, he has the job that Herb Brooks used to have. And, and it was one of those kind of practices where, uh, you know. Uh, again? He, yeah, again. <laughs> again. He, uh, he, he had a great line, you know, and Bob, and Bob Mosco's a down-to-earth guy. But, you know, when he gets mad, he gets mad. And after that second Arizona State series, you know, the, seri- the games that were 10 nothing intended to. Yeah. He said to us, you know, I told Greg Powers – each year, there's one weekend you just throw it in the trash. You forget about it. You don't learn anything from it. You don't look at the tape. You just forget about it. Okay? Gophers had already had that weekend. They played. They lost two one-goal games against Notre Dame in their own building. And that was the weekend they threw away. So, lo and behold, three weeks later or so, they lose 8-1 to one to Wisconsin in their own building. And I said, do you throw this one in the trash? And he said, oh, no. We wear this one. We, we, we wear this one around our necks. And he said, you know... He said, this is Bob Mosco's words. He said, you know, you get three times a year where you can kick the garbage can. You, you, get, you get three of those where you can have a real serious outburst. And if you do it more than that, you know, the team kind of starts to tune you out. I call that the Kevin Constantine effect, by the way. Right. But, but <laughs> he said, you know, that was one of those games where, you know, you're kicking the garbage can pretty hard and you're letting guys know this is absolutely not an acceptable effort. This is absolutely not acceptable to get beat by anybody by seven goals in your own building, but let alone your arch rival. So two different teams in that Wisconsin, I think, has 
you know, a lot more firepower on one line. You know, that that top line of Wisconsin, oh, especially oh. especially Cole oh. Caulfield, is just unbelievable. Oh. And and Minnesota is obviously a much more offensively balanced team. I think the Gophers have consistently better goaltending. But what's what was fun when those teams have gotten together this year is, you know, Wisconsin takes an early lead. But it's not like Notre Dame where they're just going to sit on that lead and drop four guys back on the blue line. I mean, it's a track meet between these two teams. So it's it's fun to watch. And if if the Big Ten comes down to those two uh, for kind of a winner-take-all in, in South Bend, I think that would be some great theater. Does, doesn't Notre Dame do that when the game starts? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, okay. I, the, not to sidetrack the conversation, I watch <laughs> when I watch Notre Dame play, it just brings me back to – uh, watching the New Jersey Devils and under Jacques Lemaire and just like, okay, I know the coach likes this and I know that everybody watching is trying to not nod off, but that's what, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it wins. I mean, listen, you can't blame Jeff Jackson. It wins. Absolutely. But, but, but not to sidetrack the conversation, but obviously um, with the firepower that those two teams have, you want '80s Oilers in in games like that because that that the coaches may not like it a hundred percent because they. I much- I gotta say I gotta say this too since we're talking about Wisconsin and I mentioned Cole Caulfield and I think Cole Caulfield is going to win the Hobie. I don't have a vote this year, but from what I've seen, I think he's the favorite for the Hobie. Here is the best story I've seen so far this week. Have you guys read about the vote rigging for the Hobie vote? <laughs> I have not. Uh, I would have this, brought that up if uh, I had. This, yeah, I have not either. This is fantastic. Okay, you know, fans can go online and you vote right. for Hobie. Oh, and, and okay. See, that's vote, why I, I didn't see it. Okay, the vote actually counts. It, it's it's like one-tenth right. of one vote. You know, the, the, the fans' online vote counts, but it, it it's tabulated in the final Hobie vote, right? Right. So it, it starts up and Cole Caulfield jumps right to the top of the list because all these fans are voting for him. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Cole Caulfield was drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. Right. Who hates the I, Montreal Canadiens more than anybody in the world? Toronto Maple Boston Leaf Boston Bruins? <laughs> Toronto Maple Leaf fans. So now if you look at the Hobie vote by the fans after a couple weeks – the kid from Army is running away with the fan vote. And the reason is Maple Leafs fans by the thousands are voting for anybody but Cole Caulfield because they can't stomach the idea of a, of a future Canadian winning the Hobie. So, I mean, it's like I love it. I love that. Canadian hockey fans are sabotaging the Hobie vote. It's, it's the best thing ever. Um, if, if it makes anybody feel any better. Uh, outside of Maple Leafs fans, there's nobody that really likes them either. So it's, it's, it's even. <laughs> that coming from the New Yorker. Uh, I love it. Okay, so I have I never ask forgiven you, Lanny uh, McDonald, and don't forget that. Uh, so, Jess, I want to ask you this. Last week in Arizona State, played two pretty solid games against Michigan. Did they do your Gophers any favors by uh, making Michigan play to the very end in both games? I, you know, I like to think so. And, you know, there's I, I, I did see some bad injury news out of Michigan. You never want to see that. But this is what really intrigues me about this Gopher-Michigan series this weekend is, number one, the Gophers need a win and a tie or better, or two wins, to win the Big Ten. If, if they win and tie, 
Nothing Wisconsin does matters. They win. The Gophers win the Big Ten based on points percentage. You know, the, the or, excuse me, winning percentage. We're not doing points percentage. Winning percentage, which is how the Big Ten is going to determine the champion now, because uh, you know not everybody is playing the same number of games, et cetera, et cetera. So that part of, is fascinating to me. What also makes it interesting is you know Minnesota went into Ann Arbor back in December and swept a series there. And that, that moved the Gophers to 8-0. and That was kind of the like, hey, this team might be for real. But keep in mind, it was kind of a false sample because Michigan was missing four players on the World Junior Team, right. and the Gophers were missing three defensemen who were on the World Junior Team. So it wasn't really a true representation of what these two teams look like right now. And that, to me, makes it even more interesting. The third thing, the third element in this, is the Gophers were in exactly the same situation last year. They closed the season at home with two yes. games against Michigan. They needed one win right. to win a share of the Big Ten title, and Michigan came in, you know, one in a, in a shootout and then uh, and then one outright the second night. So Michigan played spoiler last year. They could certainly do it again this year, and, you know, there's a whole bunch of Wisconsin fans uh, cheering for that idea. All we need is one Wayne Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so one more thing, Paul. <laughs> well, no, wait, before you, I no. want to. I want to just ask you a question. Okay. Uh, it, it it always comes down to the goalies. So where do you think the edge in that two game series lies? I've got to go with Jack Lafontaine. He's been rock solid this season. You know, Strassman is a great goalie. He was the top goalie in the Big Ten last year, and you know, and and rightly so. Uh, it hasn't been that this year. It hasn't been, uh, you know, as as rock solid day in and day out as we've seen from Jack LaFontaine. And keep in mind the, you know, the other factor with Jack LaFontaine, he played his first two years at Michigan. And Mel Pearson, after two years, Michigan's coach, sat him down and said, you know what? We don't really have a spot for you on this roster anymore. He went off to the BC Junior League. You know, he left never knowing if he was going to play college hockey again. He found a home at Minnesota. He was good, not great last year. This year, frankly, he's been great. He shut out Michigan in Ann Arbor. So if you uh, would think if there was any extra incentive or any emotion on your side, uh, he would have the emotional edge too. So I think in goal, Minnesota has the advantage. Again, like I mentioned about Notre Dame, though, here's the weird part about Minnesota. Nine and one on the road this year, they have four losses at home. Figure that out. I can't. It makes no sense. Yeah, no sense at all. Once again, it's almost perfect for this season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because nothing has made sense this season. So, hey, you know. And, uh, and by the way, I want you to put a little post-it note on that comment about uh, coaches uh, having discussions with players about leaving. Because I want to ask you about that um, concerning next year before before you leave. Okay. So just so, get, be prepared for that question. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so I want to ask you this, uh, Jess. If you're looking at the four regionals coming up and you have to pick the number one seed for each regional, who's going where? That's a tough question. Let me let, let me look, because we do, you know, on the Rink Live, that's one of the things we've been doing is we've been doing like a weekly a Yeah, weekly I know, seed. I know. So, so I just did mine. Here, here are my top four. I've got North Dakota number one. Going where? I think they would have to go to Fargo. That's pretty okay. obvious. Yep. Uh, I've got Minnesota number two. I think you'd have to send them to Loveland. Okay. I've got... Uh, Boston College, which would go to uh, help me out. Where's, where, there's Albany and Albany. And where's, oh, and where's, the, um, where's the other one? I've got okay. I've, I'll, I'll spoil it. I've got Minnesota State as the fourth number one seed. I've got them going to Albany. I've got BC going to 
wherever it is, Worcester or Providence Albany. or Bridgeport or I think it's Bridgeport. Yeah, I think okay. it is Bridgeport. Okay, yeah, I, you think I would know that, but <laughs> yeah. So I think I think you send Boston College to Bridgeport, and I think you send Minnesota State to Albany. Wow, you think? Does Minnesota State get the short end of the stick every time they they get to the tournament like this? <laughs> you know, I used to joke that St. Cloud State would have its year end banquet at the Albany Holiday Inn every year because it seemed like <laughs> you know back in the Craig Dahl oh. days. St. Cloud State would always get sent, you know, out, yes, to, out to Worcester or to Manchester <laughs> or someplace like that. And unfortunately, I think that's where we are with Minnesota State right now. Okay, so I, I got to follow up on that one, and then Paul's going to jump in. I know he's got something. Uh, so, so you picked them all out. Uh, you got them going different places as the number one seeds. Um, what would have to happen in your mind for those number one seeds to change? Because I don't know if there is anything between now and the seeding. Uh, that that could change it. But what would have to happen to knock one of those off of the number one seed? If Minnesota loses two this weekend and Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, I think Wisconsin becomes a number one seed and Minnesota becomes a number two seed. I don't think there's any way North Dakota or BC can get knocked out right now. And I think Minnesota State is pretty rock solid having won the WCHA already. Um, I think Minnesota-Wisconsin is kind of the one thing still in play. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yep. I just wanted to hear hear from another voice. Okay, Paul. All right, now hold on a second. I want because uh, now you you made me think of another question to ask here. I'm uh, just going to do this real quick. Uh, assuming chalk comes out in all the conference tournaments, okay. Uh, Minnesota State, we know is in Bowling Green. Lock or not lock? I would say lock. I th- I think they've you know their body of work is such where. I've got Bowling Green pretty pretty solidly in the tournament. And, by the way, I want to give a stick salute to Tom Saratori since we're talking WCHA. What a resurrection by the Beavers in the last couple of weeks, huh? I mean, to, to go out to Michigan yeah. Tech and sweep a series, which they had never done before. Uh, I had Michigan Tech pretty rock solid in the tournament, and, and I think they've actually kind of played their way out, and the Beavers have probably played their way in. Okay, uh, so and- you're saying four teams from that conference then? I'm saying – Because you're also including – Bowling Lake Superior, Minnesota State. I've got Lake. I've got Lake Superior on the outside right now. Okay. All right. Yep. yep. Okay. So that's... you're saying three then, or are you still saying right. four? And I'm being a massive homer, by the way. I've got all five Minnesota Division One teams in the tournament. Well, that's so. yeah, so I'm going to ask you about the six in a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hold on a minute, Paul. I got one more to ask him on this one because uh, Jess made a comment on Twitter. So um, clarify for everybody that doesn't know Jess, uh, what are the official names of the universities? Uh, that you so, so yes, I saw this. Yes, we're gonna get into this. Yeah, we're gonna, he's gonna tell us right now because he here's, knows them all. Here's what screwed everything up. Remember, remember Nebraska Omaha? You remember them? Oh, yes, and then they decided yes. to just be Omaha. It's like, right, okay, all right, fine. But Minnesota Duluth gets mad if you call him just Duluth, so you can't do that. Uh, you know, Minnesota State Mankato. Wants to be just Minnesota State, but there's also a Minnesota State in Moorhead. They don't have a hockey team, but still. Huh. Oh. It's, this is the most confusing thing since they decided to give us like three Xaviers and two Miamis. And, you know, how, how, how do we have two Wayne States in America? Seriously. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, when I saw your tweet. Does I, anybody I refer? Wait a minute. Hold on. Now, does anybody know anybody outside of. And by the way, Wayne State used to have a D1 program for people. Yes, they did. The Warriors. Yes. So, um, 
you know, the, the fact that people might not even know that there's one Wayne State, let alone two. Yeah, no, there's two. There's okay. one in Nebraska and there's one in, in Michigan. Right. Um, <laughs> maybe one day during the summer we can figure out a, a way to talk about all the schools that used to have teams just to kind of see if there's anything that we can do. Because summertime when there's usually not much to fill, we can always look for ideas. Um, and, and you're thinking four teams from the NCHC? Yes. Regardless got, of what happens with Nebraska, with Omaha and Denver, I've got North Dakota, Minnesota Duluth, Saint Cloud State, Omaha. Okay, I've got those four in. I don't think you can get Denver in. I just, uh, you know, and and uh, which unless is, they win the tournament. Yes, unless they win the tournament. Right, but we're talking and it's all one and done. Right, and, we're talking and you know, and that's a team too that's just one of those anomalies because there's a ton of talent on oh. the Denver team. But you know what? Now and then, teams just have years like that. Right. You know, look at last year's Wisconsin team. They somehow finished seventh in the Big Ten, and that was an incredibly talented team. You know, I don't know how much you got to see Denver this year, Jess, but I watched them a lot because we, you know, of of who we decided to cover on a regular basis here. And it always seemed to me like they were just about ready to to take off. Yep. And then something would happen and they'd fall back down again. Which is weird for all the players they have on that team. <laughs> yep. Jess, we had Cole Gutman on about uh, three, four weeks ago now. And I thought the best statement I got from him is I asked him about what he thought of their chances uh, getting into the, the NCAA tournament, getting through the NCHC tournament. He said, hey, listen, the first trophy that we have an opportunity to win this season is the gold pan. He said, that's our first trophy opportunity. Uh, they won that. Uh, I think they're building something. But I'll be honest with you, I think this weekend hurt because I think they were getting ready to really build off a of last weekend, and now they're sitting around again. Yep. Now they right, so, got to sit and wait. Yep. So Hockey East 3? Hockey East. I've got Boston because, College. Right. I've got UMass. Right. I've got BU. No, I've got four. I've got Providence, too. Really? Yep. Because okay, those guys are, you know, they're right there, too. I mean, they're right on – even if they lose in the first round of whatever they decide to have over there? Yeah. Okay. You're right. They're on the bubble. I, I'm just asking because you could – you know, uh, it looks like, you know, that them and Northeastern are kind of on a collision course based on the standings, and the loser would, of that game would, would get knocked out, wouldn't they? I would think so, yeah. And that's a chance for Northeastern to play their way in. Right. I mean, that's what um, makes this so, so good. And then ECAC, I, I don't think you can do more than one team. And I've got Quinnipiac in there because that's kind of the chalk right now. Right. But here's now, my warning. Here's my warning. Look out for Clarkson. Listen, we, we've we seen Clarkson enough uh, in ASU territory to know what kind of team they have yep. on a year-in and year-out basis. And Casey Jones does a tremendous, <sighs> tremendous job with that program. Um that that was going to be the question I ask you. Um, if they don't win that little mini conference tournament there, do they have enough to get in as an at-large? Clarkson? Yeah. I, I think they have to win the tournament. Okay. I, I don't see with, with so many ECAC teams not playing this year. Right. I don't see a way that more than one team gets in. Right. and which, that's which, what... is, which is too bad because, because Quinnipiac has had a very good regular season. And, again, 
the way that Clarkson has played here in the last month, I mean, that's the kind of thing that the, the committee is going to look for. Um, is, is, you know, are, are they, uh, are they deep enough to, to make a run in this little mini tournament and, and, you know, w- will they be the momentum team that gets in? Okay. Yeah, so do I admit that now? So now we're really <laughs> cutting the bubble close here because if you got three big 10 teams, okay, that now gives you three, seven, 11, 14, 15. And that means that. It's really going to come down to a fight, possibly between. Is it even if if chalk wins out, you have AIC winning the conference tournament in Atlantic, and then you have all those third and fourth place teams in those other leagues going up against the the hot the, the probably the second hottest team, if not the hottest team after North Dakota uh, Army, and and like I said, I'm pulling for Army, so I mean. <laughs> So I'll, although, I'll a little bit of a bias. Although, how good would it be to see North Dakota get the number one seed? They go to Fargo, and to see AIC coming into Fargo as the number sixteen seed oh, for the second baby. time in three years. Oh, you know, yes. playing playing in Fargo, which is only going to have about fifteen hundred people in the stands. Fourteen hundred and fifty three of them will be wearing green. <laughs> You know, oh, but, listen, I get it. Yeah, uh, I, I get. Like I said, I, 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 I want. I'm, I'm a Black Knights guy. I want to see them uh, somehow manage. Are uh, you and Bill Foley? Oh down. well, he's getting. Well, listen, he owns my house, so I better be. I better be nice to Army. Okay, so um, so you, I want to throw this know, out there. Hold back on in a the, second. Yeah, I got to get ahead. this in there. Okay, so we had Frank Seratori on uh, about a week ago, and uh, I congratulated him on getting 13 wins. And we talked about games. every, uh, yeah, 13 games. Sorry. <laughs> he didn't have 13 wins. 13 games. So he was a, a qualifier, quote unquote, into the NCAA tournament, uh, at least on that level. Um, I asked him about this crazy COVID year. And I'm going to ask you this too, Jess, about what you know about the Big Ten. But he said he thinks his team might be the healthiest in, in NCAA hockey because everybody's had COVID on his team. And they're now in that 90 day window or whatever they call it. Um, so he thinks that his team is probably as ready to go as any. So that leads me into two part question. How strong do you think the teams are uh, health wise uh, talking COVID stuff in the big 10? And do you think there's going to be reserve teams um, out there for the NCAA tournament in case COVID jumps up and takes the team out? I think that they've got to probably – the second part of your question, I think they've probably got to have a couple bubble teams ready to go. You know, I, I think those Army, Clarkson, you know, those those teams that are that are down there in the pecking order, I think you probably are going to have to have some kind of contingency in place. Now, I don't know that. The NCAA has said they're going to try and make it as normal as they possibly can. You know, the four regional sites, the frozen floor in Pittsburgh, all of that. Now, the first part of your question about, you know, the overall health of teams, I cover Minnesota, right? We had a player that back in November, he's not in the lineup. I didn't think anything of it. And then they said, oh, by the way, he's unavailable. Okay, is he injured? No, he's unavailable. (laughs) Okay, so read between the lines here. You know, if a kid had the flu, you'd say he has the flu, he can't play. If a kid (laughs) has COVID, it's a big secret. But later in the year... 
you know, we're talking to this player and, and on a Zoom, he quite frankly says, I had COVID back in November. There, there's no qualms about it. Now, same deal. I've heard through other channels, pretty much every gopher has had the virus at some point, either last summer or, or at some point this year. And, and it's run through the roster and they've all dealt with it and, and, and they're done with it now. So again, by this time and you know a year into this pandemic, I think everybody at some level has been exposed to this. You know, some people have gotten it and have gotten sick for a few days. I have a son who's at Iowa State. He said he got it and he felt kind of out of it for one day. You know, that's that's the the most it affected him. You see, the other side, Alex Stalock, who you know who just got claimed by the Edmonton Oilers, right? You know, he not only had COVID, he had the you know the heart problems that come with it and all of that. I mean, so. You know, we're seeing varying levels of this, but I think you're absolutely right. By this point, everybody's been tested for it a hundred times. If you're, if you're, especially if you're playing in the Big Ten, where they're they're testing six times a week. Um, in most cases, uh, it, it's been pretty minor. You have seen some cases like Michigan, which had to shut down for a couple of weeks. You've seen, you know, Penn State now, which hasn't played a game since January, literally, and they're hopefully right. going to be back on the ice this weekend. Um, but but it's just been devastating to some rosters. And then you've seen like the Ivies we talked about just haven't played at all, and you know they're gonna they're gonna come back next season with uh, you know with with guys that have gone to often played in the USHL or gone and played elsewhere and have missed an entire year of college hockey as a result. So um, uh, there's well, there's just no playbook here. The, the okay, way so so Frank said to us, and you'll get a kick out of this. He said um, we kind of had like the old chicken pox party. Where you know when you're in school, and he, and I I said I said after the show I sent him a message and I said and and yours was probably at the Micheletti household when you could get everybody at one time and he said yeah he said we kind of had that same thing here at Air Force he said we had kind of a COVID party where everybody got it at one time and wow. and now we think we're ready to roll and I'm going like Frank doesn't hold anything back but uh, I figured you get a kick out of the old chicken pox party <laughs> yep and you know and that was that was something that was talked about you know earlier in the year is is you know did guys get together and just kind of say let's get this and get it over with and you know it, it, you know the uh, COVID has had devastating effects on so many people. I mean, you know, more than 500,000 Americans sure. have lost their lives. So it's nothing to joke about. But no. if you're a 21-year-old college athlete, you know, and, and especially if you're in a military academy, you think you've got to be in probably the best shape you're going to ever be in in your life. You know, it's it's more than likely not something that's going to have uh, any, any long-term effects or anything that's going to require hospitalization. So, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, it's not something folks are going to talk about, but I'm thinking that probably happened you know, on more than one college campus where it kind of uh, ran through a roster and, and, and guys dealt with it and got, got through it. And hopefully that's the last we'll see of it in a lot of cases. Okay, so before we get into the, the sixth team that I brought up, um, is St. Cloud getting short shrifted this year, uh, not being a bigger story for their season? Because – I, I think they've had a very underrated season based on the expectations going into the beginning of the year, at least to the outside. Um, are they not getting the, the credit they deserve for the season they're having? You know what? You know what Gopher fans like to call St. Cloud State, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've had a few discussions with Gopher fans about what they call other teams. The, the, the derisive but yet kind of fun nickname that you hear among Gopher fans about St. Cloud State 
is they're called Jan Brady State University. <laughs> you know, Jan, Jan, Jan of course, the, the middle child on the Brady Bunch, the, the forgotten yep. sister that nobody ever talked about. Yep. Um, you know, and you know, that's fun. That's clever. Okay. Yeah, I'll give them what, that. What it means is this. You know, they're, they're the second team in the Twin Cities market. Next year, they might be the third team with, with St. Thomas coming online. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Brett Larson's done a fantastic job, you know, not only with what he's done on the ice this season, and you knew they were going to start with a position of some strength with David Rennick and goal, you know, cause, cause that's the place everybody wants to start. But, you know, you got a couple transfers in the off season, a couple, a couple, you know, 50 year guys looking for another place to play their senior year. He did well that way, you know, and then he's just put together a nice team, you know, and excuse me, I, I, I here's that cough again, but, no, don't worry um, about it. um, you know, so yeah, I, I think he deserves a ton of credit for what he's done. Now, came down to earth a little bit last weekend, went up to Duluth, right. you know, his his hometown, uh, Brett Larson, where he used to coach. Um, you know, ask anybody in college hockey, they'll tell you that maybe where he winds up again someday if Scott Sandlin decides to retire or takes another job. You know, Brett Larson, I think, would be the first phone call that you have to make if you're UMB's athletic director and see if, you know, he wants to kind of come home. But you know, none of that matters right now. You know, he, he's a St. Cloud guy. His family loves it there. He's done a fantastic job there. So you, you look at what he's done this year with a team that, you know, I think was maybe underrated. I don't think there were a lot of people that had St. Cloud finishing above, you know, Minnesota Duluth. I don't think there were a lot of people that had St. Cloud finishing above Denver. But uh, he, he's done an outstanding job. And, 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 you know, God bless him for what he's done there this year. Okay, so... And maybe, and maybe this is... The photo negative of two year were two years right. ago, where there were such high expectations on the Huskies, and you know they were one and done in the NCAA playoffs, and that was just right. a heartbreaker for that program because they really had expectations that they were going to be in Buffalo playing, you know, in a Frozen Four, and and it all kind of came crum- tumbling down that night in Fargo, and I was there, and man, you talk about a stunner. So maybe this is <laughs> maybe this is the correction, you know, maybe this is maybe. the year that uh, that 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 they change things up. Okay, so do you want the question about the dark horse for the Frozen Four and, and winning the whole thing, or do you want the St. Thomas question first? Well, let's go with the St. Thomas question. Okay, so because of everything that has happened this year, uh, for people that don't know, uh, St. Thomas will be joining division, the Division One hockey ranks next season. Uh, St. Thomas... Is it University of St. Thomas or St. Thomas University? University as long as we're talking Thomas. about names. Okay, I just yep. want to make just want to want to get it right. As long as we're talking about state, and not state. It's located um, in St. Paul. It's got about <laughs> I want to say twelve to fifteen thousand students. It's an urban campus. It's a Catholic right. school. Um, interesting story, by the way. Side note to that. Okay, I'm let's go back. Let's go back uh, fifty years or so. Okay, sixty-seven. I want to say maybe. Uh, John Mariucci, the legendary gopher coach, right, is retiring. The North Stars, mm. the Minnesota North Stars, kind of recruited him into a, I think it was kind of an advisory role. They were a brand new NHL team. That was one job offer he got. The legendary story is a bunch of the big money folks from St. Thomas, and this is 50 years ago, sat down with Mariucci and said, hey, the Twin Cities needs a second Division One team. We want you to come to St. Thomas. We want you to start Division One hockey here. We want it to be like Boston, where you've got the, the Catholic school, Boston College, and you've got the public school, Boston University. And we want to compete head-to-head with the Gophers. 
And the legendary story is Mariucci thought it over. He said, nah, I'm not ready for that right now. I just got done with college <laughs> hockey. So, so he didn't do it. But this could have happened 50 years ago is, is the legend. That, That's uh, crazy. That, that Mariucci had the opportunity to do that 50 years ago and didn't. And, and, and here we are in uh, 2021, and, and Division One hockey is going to happen at St. Thomas finally after all these years. <laughs> that is crazy. So, and, and here's the other interesting thing about St. Thomas. They don't have okay. a head coach yet. Yeah, they they're, don't, which is going to make all of this the, – the, the question I'm about to ask even crazier. Go ahead. Okay. Um, with the NCAA giving seniors an extra year, okay, um, these are years that are not planned for when coaches recruit. Okay. Will the fact that they have not chosen, at least over the table, a head coach yet, is that going to force them to have a lot of conversations with other coaches and be like, hey, if you're not going to have that kid, can we have them? Yeah. Lot, will that team be a team next year of misfits and a lot of Absolutely. seniors that were, I don't want to say kicked off of their team, but we're told, listen, here's a couple of places you can go play because – Frankly, you're, you're not going to see any ice time here next year. Absolutely. I, you know, I can think of, uh, you know, I'm not going to name names, but I can think of a, a, of course a, not. a, a gopher senior right now um, that, you know, has not played a lot for the gophers this year, I think is going to be, a, you know, a, a Tommy next year. I, I think it, it is a good, a good opportunity for a kid like that, that, you know, maybe hasn't had the opportunities where they are. And, hey, here's a chance for you to go play one more year. Here's what's crazy about St. Thomas, too. Their current coaching staff, their head coach, Duke Besser, has said, I'm not going to coach him at the Division One level. He's been their Division Three coach for, you know, I want to say 10 years at least. Right. But they're, weird, still, by the way. they're still going out and recruiting players for next year. I You're just, seeing just... kids commit to St. Thomas for next year. Okay, so number one, you're committing to play for a program not knowing who your head coach is going to be. And number two, the head coach who takes this job is going to inherit a bunch of players that they didn't recruit. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm assuming there's big money behind this because that's the only way you could do that. I think there's a fair amount of money in this program. Okay. Um, and, and if they do take a bunch of seniors from other programs – now, whether it's enough or not to, to fill a roster, I, I have no idea. But wouldn't that also allow them to not take some of those players that have, quote-unquote, been recruited to play there and give them an extra year to go play juniors? Wouldn't that make some sense in terms of roster management? I would think so. But, again, how messy are things going to be come April and May? Oh God! It's good when be when you've disaster. got oh. when you've got kids that have committed to come into uh, you know and, and again I cover the Gophers I'll just use the Gophers as an example they've signed four kids to letters of intent for next year they don't have a ton of seniors on this team but if Jack Lafontaine comes to you and says you know what I want to play one more year how do you say no to that oh, with geez. the year he's had uh, as a goalie right by and the we same don't... token. Uh, if you're the Colorado Avalanche, how much longer are you going to wait to get Sample Ranta into your system? You know, Listen, uh, if I'm uh, the Colorado Avalanche, I want him right now. Right, right. You know, if you're the if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're going to want Sammy Walker in your system sooner or later. 
So, you know, in theory, there's two juniors that might not be back for a fourth year with the Gophers. Uh, at the same time, a kid like Brandon McManus, who's had a fantastic senior season for this Gopher team, and I wrote about him. He's one of those California kids who learned to skate and learned to play hockey on rollerblades. Uh, you know, f- fantastic, typical Southern California story. And then when oh, yeah. he's about six or seven, he decides, yeah, I'll try it on ice, see how that goes. You know, turns out great. And, and you know, he's, he's in one of those Southern California programs where they're flying to Detroit or flying to St. Louis or flying to Boston every weekend to try and find youth hockey games. You talk about yeah. a, a commitment to the sport. You know, he winds up playing here. He loves it, but he said, you know, Option one is I could come back for another year and why not do it? And if you're if you're Bob Motzko, you know, how do you not want a kid like that coming back? But again, what do you do with the four kids that are supposed to come in? So I think you're going to see a lot of kids playing another year of junior that maybe hadn't planned that just because there are not going to be as many roster spots for them. Well, and, you know, I know that they've – I don't think they've officially made – the one free transfer rule official in hockey yet. Um, they could do that over the summer, and that sure. would throw things even into more chaos. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what we Lund. want. Yes. Chaos. <laughs> and keep in mind, we're also in a recruiting dead zone now. Yep. So coaches can't, you know, I I asked a college coach last week about some big high school game that's going on, and he was like, yeah, we can't go. We can't be there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just insane that you know. So so they're basically losing a year of recruiting. The big fear there is that the Western Hockey League and then Ontario Hockey League swoop in and say, mm-hmm. "Well, the colleges can't talk to you, but we can." You know, why why don't you come up and play in Shakutami or you know East Jibip or you know where, wherever they've got uh, junior teams nowadays? You know, hey, you'll you'll like it in Red Deer. We've got you know whatever. <laughs> What are, you know, hey, I, I, I'm listen, a college hockey guy. I'm not, I'm not going to rip the WHL too much, but I just, I, you know, I, I always think college hockey is a better route for, for especially for an American kid, and that, that's my opinion. I'll, I'll stick with it. But anyway. Oh, and listen, I mean, you look at the Minnesota verbal commit list for next season, it's got about 16 players on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know they haven't all signed because you said they only had four guys that signed. But, I mean, that's kind of ASU-like. they got a whole bunch of guys on the verbal commit. So I can't even imagine that, I mean, do, do, do coaches want to hire somebody just for roster management for a, for, for, for a couple of seasons? Because this is nuts. If you're the director of hockey operations for a Division One program, your job just got much, much more interesting. Oh, God. Oh, and, no. and, and that's the thing. You know, the, the news from the White House today is that every American adult can be vaccinated by the end of May. That's fantastic. You know, Bob Motzko's great line is it feels like we're rounding third base on the pandemic, which, goodness, I hope we are, you know, that we can get back to some kind of normalcy with, with fans in the stands and all that. But, you know, uh, the other line you hear is, you know, it's not like COVID's just going to go away. It's something nope. that we're always going to have to deal with. Well, the effects of this season on college sports are going to be felt four or five years oh, down the road. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, it's just, uh, it's just insanity, you know, and, and the effects on the frozen four, I think are going to be the wide ranging, you know, the fact <laughs> that we lost that one playoff season and, and yep. that'll forever be, be debated. You know, who is the best team in college hockey in, in oh, 2020? We all know who that was. 
which the, the, the back ahead. to back defending. Oh, stop <laughs> it! You had you, you, you. Why didn't you just hand him the silver platter, Jess? Sure. Oh, sure. I, 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 I did kind of serve that one up under. Yeah, him. you did. Oh you did. my I lord! Did. Thank you for that because you're in the lawn as well. So yep, I did. Uh, I hey, I spent hockey day Minnesota up in Duluth. So I, love I, it. I, Love I, it. I, I did it. Uh, although I saw those I, pictures as well. <laughs> I will say, I, I didn't go to a hockey rink. I went skiing. But, but, you were but on the minus 20 there, too? <laughs> yeah. My, my sons and I all, all wore hockey jerseys on skiing. So we Love celebrated it. hockey day and all went away. Was uh, it minus 20 there, too? It was like 39 degrees in Duluth in February. Isn't yeah. Crazy? Nice. There might, there might be something to this whole climate change thing. but uh, <laughs> yeah, That's maybe. Long Island and, weather right there, Jess. And, and again, <laughs> I, it, was, it was 39 when I was in Duluth in February. It was also 39 when I was in Florence, Arizona in January. So, you know, it, it's apparently Love following it. me wherever I go. It could, see, that could be too. Did your son uh, wear an Iowa State hockey jersey? Because those he, are pretty nifty. He did not, but the but the cyclones, you know, they look good on ice. I, I gotta I gotta say, no, I you know I talked to you guys on the way on my on my trip to Arizona, right. right? And usually, when you make that drive, the last day is the best day because you're going through the mountains and you're getting into the cactus and the desert and all that. Oh my god, <laughs> the last day of this trip was the day from hell as far oh, as driving yes. goes, because first of all, you get like the the snow and the ice in northern New Mexico. <laughs> And it's all trucks, and they're all going eight miles an hour if they're uh, not already in the ditch. And the only people that aren't going, the only people that aren't going eight miles an hour, are the people with BMWs with California plates, and they're going full speed, wide open. And it dawns on me, these people have no clue what they're doing. They've never driven on ice before. They don't. I and then I get into you know what, uh, this stunningly beautiful drive between Sholo, Arizona, and Globe, Arizona which is it, one of the most beautiful drives on the planet, except it's snowing at the high elevations. Now, right. I've dealt with driving in snow plenty. I've never dealt with it in mountains. That is not <laughs> something you want to do when you have the combination of ice and gravity both working against you. You don't want that. And, and Arizona those, drivers. And those roads aren't made for uh, for oh, snow. They're so made for the picturesque beauty of the of the White Mountains. So in Arizona got, drivers that are not used to driving in the right. snow. So I got to my dad's place in Florence, and if you've never been to Florence, Arizona, it's a cute little town. It's got this fantastic Mexican restaurant right in town called the L and B Cantina. Yes. I went in there. I sat down with my sister and my dad, and they said, "Would you like a pitcher of margaritas for the table?" I said, "No, I want one just for me. Just bring it." Yes. <laughs> I have been there and done that. <laughs> All right. Well, All right, here, wait, Paul, wait, wait. Since here, Paul I, can't tell time, Jess, and he's no, and I can't. I don't care <laughs> if Jess wants to hang up. That's up to him. No, no. One, uh, one last dark horse to carry off the trophy at the end of the year. Dark horse to carry off the trophy. Yeah. Here's my dark horse, and and it dark in in the greatest sense because they wear all black. <laughs> Don't ever count out Providence because what Nate Lehman does coaching, oh, and yes. you know here, here's me the Homer Minnesotan again with Jackson yeah. Stauber in goal with what yeah. he has done this year. Don't ever count out Providence because I I think they're going to get in, and they always seem to be a force when they get in. So there there's there's my dark horse, and the other okay. one I, I gotta say. Doesn't it seem like it has to be the year for Minnesota State one of these years, you know? And and you talk about a team where it starts in goal with what Dryden McKay has done for that team. Get out of Chicago, you know, not highly recruited in college. He comes to Minnesota State. He's put up numbers that are unbelievable. Insane. And, 
And I told told you this. I'm a voter for the Richter Award. Right. And, you know, uh, Jack LaFontaine, I think, is going to be a finalist for the Richter Award. I think like, I'm pretty sure he's already one of the top ten. I, I I'm, I'm getting confused, but. People are like, Jack LaFontaine's got to win the Richter. And I said, you know what? In all honesty, he might not be the best goalie in Minnesota. Because right. with, with what Dryden McKay has done at Minnesota State, I don't know how you can look at his numbers and not say, oh, wow, what, <laughs> what a goalie. So th- th- those are my two. And, and how good would it be to, you know, to, to have Minnesota State finally uh, kind of make a run after, after all those years of heartbreak for them? Well, especially okay. since last year looked like that was going to be the year, too. Absolutely. Okay, so let me throw you one last Providence thing before we say goodnight. Um, uh, I was at the Henderson Silver Knights in the San Diego Gulls game, uh, three this three-game series. So it was Wednesday, Friday night, Saturday afternoon. And Saturday afternoon, the uh, leading scorer for the Henderson Silver Knights, Jack Dugan, yep. is not in the lineup. Yep. And we're wondering why is he not in the lineup. And uh, after the game, Manny Vivros came straight out and said, um, yeah, he was a healthy scratch because we had to have a discussion about him talking to referees. He's he's gotten two penalties that have hurt us already this year because he doesn't know how to talk to referees properly. And I sat him, and he's got nine points, their leading scorer, and he was up in the press wow. box uh, with wow. the rest of us. Uh, so yeah, Manny Viveros at uh, the Henderson Silver Knights talked to the Providence star and uh, basically set him straight. I've never heard a coach come out and say that in any press conference I've ever been in. So I thought you might get a kick out of that so one. So since, since you brought up the, uh, the silver Knights and then of course the, the parent club, the golden Knights, I, what, I asked the this one that question. came back from last night. Oh. Yeah. The, I asked this question on Twitter last night. Uh, do the golden Knights have to pay Notre Dame some kind of royalty when they wear those, because those helmets? Yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather them not pay them and not wear the darn thing. Oh my because, goodness. Oh my I, God. I don't know. Hideous. And I don't know if either one of you saw this today, but Bill Foley came out and uh, and clearly said they are not going away no matter what you say. Well, I love they're perfectly, them. They're going to stay. They're perfectly fitting of Vegas where everything's glitz and glamour, <laughs> right. fla- fla- flashy and all that. Um, and I'll also say this um, about last night's game since you brought it up. Uh, you know, Dean Evason has won a lot more NHL games than I have and ever will. So I'm not one to question a coach's strategy too much, but – in the last 14 minutes of a game, maybe try a shot on goal. See how. Yeah, yeah, that's a good matter. I just, you know, you talked about the the New Jersey Devils and that whole era of hockey. I'll take that any day over the hey, we've got a lead. Let's just clamp it down and not do anything here for the last 10 minutes. There's no you know? shot clock. Oh God, Herb Brooks. Yeah, you, remember, yeah. remember him? Pretty yeah. good coach. Yeah, he, he had a four-three lead one time in a game, and you know what he said to his players? Play your game. Yep. Play your game. Keep doing what you're doing. Do what yep. got you here. Don't try and change your whole game just because you have a lead. Oh, yep. goodness, it's frustrating. Because yeah, this, is a, this is a good wild team, but there's there's some some stuff to deal with there. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't do that against the Golden Knights either because they're just way <laughs> too much firepower. You know what? And not only the firepower. Here's what impressed me because that was the first time I'd seen the Golden Knights uh, on TV was last night. Uh, the firepower is one thing because, God, I love watching Alex Tuck and, and Stone and some of those guys, <laughs> the way they move the puck. But here's the other thing that really struck me about the Golden Knights. They clamp it down really well oh. defensively in their own zone. I mean, yep. they they give you absolutely no breathing room with the puck. So <laughs> as as much as they like to throw it around and, and, and move the puck, when they're near Marc-Andre Fleury, it's like you have no time to make plays against that team. They're right out on your points. They're tight, tight along the walls. 
I mean, it just seems like there was a, a dark jersey everywhere the Wild went with the puck, um, you know, save for a couple of defensive breakdowns, which is how the Wild got their goals. And that, uh, that is reason number one why Pete DeBoer is the coach and Gerard Gallant is not. Uh, num- <laughs> num- number two is uh, everybody was having a little bit too much fun in the locker room uh, under Gerard Gallant, and yep. uh, Bill Foley decided that that needed to be locked down just a bit, little bit, and Pete DeBoer is there, and that's why they are the team that they are. But Tell, tell okay. me this, Scott. Are the, are yeah. the Silver Knights, are they going to have their own facility out in Henderson, or are they going to what, – what, what's the long-term plan there? Okay, they actually have their own practice facility and everything that you would need in okay. Henderson right now. And right now under construction is a 6,000-seat um, beautiful facility that is about uh, 25% done in Henderson, between Henderson and Vegas. And, uh, and that will be their home when they leave the Orleans. Here's the next question. How many yeah. miles from the UNLV campus? Because you all know where, where I'm going with that line of thinking. Uh, that That is closer um, than – well, about the same as T-Mobile, but I think what's happening, Jess, is that uh, the, the Orleans is setting themselves up to take on a tenant in two years, which would be UNLV. That'd be fantastic because they're would getting be. their they're getting it back into ice shape. It hasn't been an ice shape since the Wranglers were there. Give give, um, uh, give the Sun Devils a traveling partner. Give them a natural rival. I I think it's long overdue. Yes. Well, yes. Uh, I, we've all unless, said that. Unless NAU that. wants to come back. Bring back the Lumberjacks. Bring them back. Oh, you talked about the defunct programs. You know? yes. You're not going to bring back U.S. International because that's well, well, gone. But, but uh, yeah, bring back well, the Lumberjacks. Yeah, here's the thing. Listen, I'm all for it. They got screwed by the one. They got screwed by the NCAA, and that's why when the rank had issues, they decided not to invest the money in the program. Because you go twenty six and five and don't get into the NCAA tournament, you beat a bunch of NCAA tournament teams, and you had like the best scorer in the country and Greg Adams, and you had Bob Beers, and you had a whole <laughs> bunch of. So um, yeah, I think I, okay, I, think I may have. Down with that. I think I may have touched a nerve here. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> That's okay. but, but I'll tell I, you, okay. that ain't ever happening because we've been trying to push them from ACHA D two, which they dominate to ACHA D1 to give uh, Arizona, Arizona State, UNLV, Grand Canyon, uh, another team to play right here in the area, and that has gone absolutely nowhere. So uh, We all have dreams, I guess. Yep. We all yep. have dreams. Yep. Keep dreaming it. All right, Jess Myers, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we we you, always sir. love having you on. I, I gave you the uh, the late-night call, and you still, you still answered the bell, so kudos for that. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon because there's big hockey coming up. Uh, happy uh, happy well. to talk hockey anytime, guys. Take care. Thank All you, right. sir. Bye-bye. That is uh, Jess Myers from The Rink Live joining us, and I know Paul and I got a little carried away. Uh, we ran a little long tonight, folks. You normally listen to us for an hour, and we're about an hour and, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes into it right now. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and wrap things up in two minutes. Looking for a big school hockey college experience in a small school setting? then Maryville University is for you. The men's team starts their third season of competition as the program adds an ACHA D2 men's team and a new ACHA women's D1 team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home, giving any player a varsity-level feel. Playing in the brand-new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints will enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men battle against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. 
located in the St. Louis suburbs, Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country, offering both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. All right, College Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, Mexican moonshine, if you will. We're back, Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. And, uh, Paul, I, I don't think we even have to wrap up Jess because uh, Jess wraps himself up so nicely, but what great hockey talk that was. Well, listen, because Jess likes the chaos just as much as I do. There's no <laughs> doubt. And, uh so, he, and he also likes to prod things a little bit just to bring the chaos on. So Really? I, I mean, like lobbing you that Duluth softball? Oh, I'm sorry, Minnesota Duluth softball. Right. Good one. And, and all the state stuff that he put out there. Love what that. are we? Love are that. we St. Cloud State or are we St. Cloud? Are we Lake Superior Love or Lake it. Superior State? Love it. Love it. Love okay. it. Okay. So right. uh, let's, let's quickly jump into what's happening this week. As I mentioned already, Thursday and Friday, the Arizona State Sun Devils will play at Ohio State and finish up the uh, season of road games only, with the exception of two exhibition games. Um, that that will take care of that. Uh, Colorado College and Denver are going to be off, as we know, due to COVID yep. uh, issues in Colorado College. And finally, the Air Force Falcons will be on the, uh, the road uh, facing Bentley on the 9th, so one week from tonight. While we're yep. on the show uh, with uh, Coach David Carl. We will have uh, a little updates on what's going on with Air Force as well. Yeah, so. we, have, we haven't seen the, the time schedule for those games yet, so they yeah. could, it could be over. It might not be. So Yeah, we, we'll never know. We'll figure it out. Uh, one, <laughs> we don't even one, know if the game's going to be played yet. Yeah, who knows? On wood. <laughs> um, and just a, a quick update, uh, Sun Devil update. Uh, Joey Decord made his second start in the NHL tonight. Um he was not at fault for either of the two goals he gave up. Uh, Montreal got an empty net goal, I believe, at the end of the game. But they got two power play goals as they beat the, the Senators 3-1. to one. Uh, The first goal Joey gave up, he had no shot at. No shot at all. And the second power play goal that he gave up, and that was part of really 
six straight minutes of power play time uh, awarded to the Canadians <laughs> uh, at that time. Uh, well, it was one. That's brutal. They scored a power play goal, and then uh, one of the Ottawa players, I think Good Branson, uh, got his stick up a little bit too high and got a double minor. So they got a power play goal, a power play, a double minor power play right as the, the goal was scored. So, um, or after the goal was scored, because that's why they got the, the, the double minor. Um, and then the, the, the second goal, the second power play goal, I mean, it was, I mean, you couldn't have taken the puck and put it in any better high on the stick side, uh, basically hit right underneath the corner where the crossbar and the post meet. And the court had no chance on that second goal either. Um, and just, you know, they got a goal back to make it two to one, but well, good Joey's for Joey. still looking for that first win. Yeah, good for him to get there because he's going to get it sooner rather than later. And yeah. also a shout out to uh, the Bulldog, uh, Hunter Miska, got his first win um, this past weekend at Minnesota for the Colorado Avalanche. So um, look out for Mr. Miska. He's moving up the ranks in uh, in Colorado and going to see some more ice time for the Avalanche for sure. Well, they, um, yeah, I mean, and that, we, we all know what kind of team that is, so. Um, <laughs> wait till they get wait till they get Ranto sampled <laughs> sample Ranta I should say from the Minnesota Golden Gophers when they pick him up he's just one more fire up power piece for that team yeah well uh, but it does you no good if you can't stop the puck that's so they, exactly they, right they so. gotta get it going okay I'll let you take it away my friend and we'll say good night and a big thank you to Jess Myers Roger Klein's Cancio Tequila has presented College Hockey Southwest Weekly College Hockey Southwest Weekly brought to you by Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business that America's been waiting for. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, presenting partner of the Sunday special. Tell our friend Kevin Wood that Ice Time Hockey SW sent you and let him show you the Bell Ford difference online at bellford.com or the showroom at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth Arizona owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Behind the mask and its three valley locations. In line or on ice, we are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us at BehindTheMask.com. By OxyPal. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products and sanitizing products at oxypow.com. By Burrito Express. Our homemade recipes to your table. Great taste, great value. M Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You. M Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two step system for energy, stamina, and recovery. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe. By ASU fans for ASU fans. And by the NCHC, every game in the pod, on the road, at home, nchc.tv has you covered. Go to nchc.tv and subscribe. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey.